0: are 39 milahot, which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Moshe Schnirb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai!
1: FM. The program is soul to soul and a very, very warm welcome to our entire radio family who comes from far and near near and far north and south, south and north and east and west to listen, to gather together at this time on a Friday afternoon, hopefully to learn something, to be inspired, to walk away and say, hey. I never knew that. This is something interesting. Maybe let's talk about it at our Shabbos table. Because what I want more than anything else is that what we discuss at at uh, on Sh- our Friday afternoon should be spread, should be told over to others, should be shared, should be used as as a, as a as a as a catalyst for discussion, for the beginning of of the of a gambit uh, to be thrown out and perhaps built on and discussed and developed and debated and argued about even. In, in at your Shabbos table, that's the point of it. It's not just to give me a platform to be able to spread my Torah, which is great. But it's it's meant to be listened to. It's meant to be imbibed. It's meant to be come something that we take with us and add, enhance to the beauty, to the beauty, to the spirituality, to the richness of of our Shabbos. So this week, of course, the main topic of the Parsha is the Machlekes of of Korach. And unfortunately, every year we have to stop and talk about it because it's something that hasn't gone away. We think maybe this year we'll be able to get by without it. Maybe now, especially as we're going into the month of Tammuz. Tammuz is, is a month that we know has been characterized by the beginning of destruction of the base of Mikdash, maybe this year we can turn it around. Let's make it a year of as as the Pasuk says, a year of sassan and simcha of happiness and, and joy. So the Torah says, uh uh Moshe says to Qarach Vel Kala Adosai," and speaks to his and all of his entire his entire assembly. Now, anything that is debated. Right? or anytime you have a, a debate or you have dissenting opinions, or you have the unfortunately the kind of fire of, of of controversy. so that can be the basis or the way the way that disagreements are expressed in if they're based in in, in Torah. you know Chazal tell us in Peryavas uh, in, in chapter five, next week's Pasha, uh, next week's parak. That they in fact label the controversy of Kairach va'Adosoi and his congregation as a sheloyan sheloyin Shem shamayim, controversy not for the sake of, of Hashem. It's a disagreement which undermines the very underpinnings of Torah Yiddishkeit. Kairach Va'addosoy. Kodach and his band stand in absolute contrast with the two classic debaters of the Mishnah, and that is Hillel and, and Shammai, who debated the Shem Shamayam. Interestingly enough, concerning Hillel and Shammai, both disputants are named, while in the controversy that surrounded Kairach and Moshe it's called the Machlaikas of Kairach Vadosai that doesn't mention Moshe at all it just mentions Kairach and his his, uh, his assembly so Rav Arvokin Zal explains that Chazal are teaching us and they're alluding to the cause of the widespread controversy that enveloped so many people. It was Adasai, his assembly, had Kaidach himself met with Moshe Rabbeinu and stated his criticism, his critique, they would have worked it out. We find differing opinions between many Torah leaders throughout the generations. When the fire of Machlekes reaches the periphery, however, I no, then the congregation that has nothing to do with their lives other than kind of fan the flames of, of dissension until they reach mamish or conflagration status, that causes the debate to lose its amicability and become something terrible and, and ugly. The members of the congregation lose respect for one another. This is what occurred, unfortunately, in the Qayrach controversy. It was the Adas Qayrach who turned the variance of opinion into a raging, raging inferno of of discord. They were unlike Killel and Shammai, whose respect and love for one another never waned. Their exchange of views was for the purpose of clarifying Halacha. It was all for the sake of glorifying Hashem. They might have disagreed, but it never became personal. That's the point. We can argue over principles, but we never should argue over personal and petty things. This is what 1.9 FM. the program has told us so. Please stay with us. There's so much more coming. This
0: is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. This is Soul to Soul, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Pei And a warm welcome for all of you who are joining us at this point on the show. It's so great to have you with us. This is a really, really Banner Shabbos, it's going to be a little bit cold outside, but we're definitely going to be able to warm ourselves on beautiful, beautiful ruchnius, on beautiful gashmius, and let's get stuck in Today I want to talk about a very, very interesting and important topic, and that is the topic of hair. Hair? Why are you talking about hair? Well, stay around and, and you'll see. We know that the tribe of Levi, is called, the, is called that way because Levi was in fact the third child of, of Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu. And the reason why Levi was actually given that name, so the Torah tells us in Pashas Vayetze that Vataro Iglatele that Leah became pregnant again and gave birth to a third child. But Taiman says now this time my husband will accompany me. My husband will want to come close to me. My husband will have a real relationship with me. Because now I've borne him three sons. And says Leah, that really is what I had to do because the wives of Yaakov knew that they were going to be four wives and that there were going to be uh, 12 tribes. And therefore, that would allocate three children per, per mother. And Leah says, I've done my job. Now, my husband should really have a, a relationship. Al-Kain my Levi. And that's why Yaakov called his name Levi. In other words, the name of Levi came from the word Leviah, to accompany to be together to join together to have a a union to have a, a relationship and this is in fact really the whole purpose the whole mandate the whole mission of Shavit Levi to be the the glue so to speak of the of the uh, Klai that sits in the middle of all the Shvatim of Yisrael and unites them and brings them brings them together Right in in Am we know there are thirteen different shvatim, twelve of them and shevet Levi, and that number thirteen is also of course the gematria of the word echad one and eight and four equals thirteen, and also of the word ahava love Allah, right one and five six. And B is two, is eight, and hey is is uh, is five, is thirteen, right? Which is the greatest uh, uh, love and the greatest connection that that uh, that that exists, because his whole uh, uh, topic is is to cause connection and unity and, and and oneness, right? And we know that in in the in the midbar in, in in the desert, so Klai Israel camped. In a, in a square. There were four camps. There was Yehuda was on the eastern side and Ruven was on the southern side. Ephraim and his camp, his two other Shvatim with him, were on the west, and Dun with his two accompanying tribes, were on the north. And in the middle, between all the other camps, was the camp of of shaved Levi. And his uh, uh, whole purpose was to unite and join all the tribes, right? That, that is why Shebid Levi were the ones that were chosen to do the Avoidah in the base Samikdash, to bring Karbonus, to create a union between all the other Shvatim and between every Jew and, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, bringing Karbonus, Karav brings a person close and, and united and with, to have a relationship with, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If this is so, it seems very interesting and, and very strange. Why is it specifically that from the tribe of Levi, whose whole purpose is to connect and to join and to create, to create unity, came Kerach, who seems to be the, the poster boy, the, the, the father of, of all kind of conflict and, and argument and, and uh, a kind of disunity in the Jewish nation? We're gonna to have to understand how that can possibly how that can possibly be. The Gemara and Sanhedrin, Daf Kuftes, Amud brings, Amorav, there was a man called Ein Ben Peles, from the tribe of Ruven, and the word says his wife saved him. We know that the the people that uh, primarily were involved in the revolt. Of Kerach were members of Shevet Reuven. That's that's because uh, Reuven we we just said uh, camped on the south, and the Leviat families, which were divided also into four families, the Kahas, uh, Gershon and Merari and Moshe and Aaron and and their families. So Kahas was also on the south side of the of the Mishkan in the inner circle. And therefore Kahas and Reuven were quite near each other. And therefore uh, Kairach, who came from Kahas, the first people that it would attract to were his neighbors, as, in fact as Rashi brings Oyla Russia, Oyle Shain of Woe is to the neighbor of a Russia, because he is the one that's most prone, that's most likely to be attracted and to be seduced to join the the revolt and, and the arguments. So Ayn Ben Pellis, who was the Gemara says his wife saved him. Why? Because she told her husband a very, very cogent argument. Why are you getting involved in this argument between Qayrach and Moshe for who is going to be the supreme leader of the Jewish nation? In 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 terms of your own life, it doesn't make any difference. If Moshe Rabbeinu wins the fight, so then you're going to be a Talmud of Moshe Rabbeinu. And even if Kairach manages to be victorious, so he's going to be the leader and you're going to be his father. So what's the difference? Why do you have to put your life and your reputation on the line to get involved in this in terms of yourself? There's absolutely no practical difference who wins the war. So he says to them, but "What? what can I do? I was with him in the original uh, plan, the original uh, uh, kind of uh, conspiracy, and I swore to them. That if they're going to call me, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with them. So so his wife said to him, don't worry. I know that all of the, these people are Kedoshim. They're all holy people. And they would not come near me if my hair is uncovered. And therefore, you sit in the tents, and I'm going to save you. So she gave him some some nice strong wine. And he became a little bit intoxicated and and went to sleep and she put him to sleep in the the tent and she sat by the entrance of the tent and uncovered her her hair and anyone who would come to come, to call her husband would see her uncovered head and and would, would walk away would would not would not come any close and therefore he was saved. He did not get swallowed up in the ground like the other followers of, of Kairach, Kairach did. On the other hand, the wife of Kairach, she said to her husband, take a look. Look what Moshe Benu is doing. He appointed himself as king. He appointed his brother as Kohen Gadol. He appointed his nephew, Elitzafan, as the, the uh, sorry, uh, as nephews, uh, the sons of Aaron, as the deputy uh, claim, right? If someone brings Truma, then they tell him, oh, give it to the claim. If he brings uh, myceration, first first kind of tithe where, where a farmer has to give 10% of his crap, of his crap, then, lay, then Moshe says, come, 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 bring it, bring it, uh, bring it, bring it to me. And besides that, she argued, look what they did to you. They shaved off all your hairs. They made you look like, 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 a, like a fool. And they picked you up. And they waved you around. Come on. The whole purpose was they wanted your hair in order that you should not look like they do. They should look like royalty. And you should look like absolute fools. So Korach says to but Moshe Ben also had the same thing done to him. His, his hair was also cut off. And he also got waved. So she said to him, so she answered, well, that was just so he should look like you, like you shouldn't feel so, so bad. So it seems so interesting. Iron Ben Peles saved her husband by revealing her hair, and Kairat's wife made such a big deal about the Levine having their hair cut off. Isn't that something? Come back after the break, and we will going discuss this further. This is one 1.9 FM. This is Soul to Soul. Please stay with us. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio, here of Shabbos Kodesh, Parashas Tov, thank you for joining us. We are in the middle of a very interesting discussion. We are discussing hair, no, not the musical, I believe there is such a thing, but we're talking about, what is hair? And we see in in HaParsha in, in two very, 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 very distinct approaches to hair. We have the wife of On Ben Peles, who saved her husband from death, from being swallowed into the ground by exposing her hair and thus making sure that all of Karaf's henchmen wouldn't come anywhere near her husband to actually summon him to the confrontation with Moshe. And we have Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Korach, Korach's wife, who used the fact that all the Levim had to cut their hair as kind of this for a as, as ways of showing how Hamashe Shabenu had stolen all the power for himself and was simply manipulating and, and degrading the rest of the Levium by making them shave the hair off and he wasn't godly inspired so the, qu- the question is well, how come it is that Oymem Peles saved her husband through uh, by uh, revealing her hair while sort of in contradistinction to that Mrs. Kairach Made of fun of of Karyach, that, that the fact that his hair was was cut. So perhaps we can begin to explain it by bringing a Gemara in Baba Basra, where the Gemara brings there in Tezayin, where Rabbah says that Eoiv, Eoiv Kharaf, with some kind of a storm. Uh, a blasphemed against Hashem. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu answered him also in a storm. Explains the Gemara. What does it mean? That Eo said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, maybe a, a storm wind passed in front of you. And and uh, you made a mistake. And instead of uh, uh, prosecuting uh, an enemy, which is the word oyev, uh, you instead decided to prosecute ioyv, right? Because we know ioyv went through all kinds of terrible, terrible suffering that Hashem imposed upon him, took away his family, took away his wealth, took away his health, everything, brought him to the to the gates of of death. And there's all discussion there of how it happened, how he how he accepted or didn't accept it. So. Uh, uh, Yav says some very sharp words to Hashem. Hashem, maybe you made him a, a typo and instead of starting up with the Oyev with your enemies, you decided to start up <coughs> with Yav. So Hashem answered him and, and said, You know, uh, I created many, many hairs in a human being. The human being has thousands, I have no idea, thousands, thousands, thousands of hairs, and every single hair. I created its own follicle, its own hole for itself that you shouldn't have two hairs uh, being sustained from the same hole because if you had a situation where two hairs were being sustained from the same hole, that would affect the eyesight of a person. So Hashem says, if I, could, if, I can, so if I can do such precise planning and I can put each hair in its own hole and not make a mistake and ever double it up, you think that I would make a mistake and instead of starting up with an Oyev, with an enemy, I by mistake started up with eel, can't be? So if Nisqmah becomes clear that the hair on a person's head is, is an illusion, an amazing illusion on the the incredible peace and harmony that needs to exist between human beings. Because the reason why unfortunately there are many situations where there is strife and arguments and conflict between people is because of, of jealousy or, or our own desires or our desire for Honor that each one thinks that my friend is sort of robbing me and taking from me what really I, I deserve. But from the hairs of a person's heads, we need to learn that no one can take anything that has been uh, prepared by a Kalish Baruch for his friends. Because even though our hair, they're, they're so close one to another nevertheless every single hair has its own hole its own follicle that it comes from and there are no two that come from the same place everyone has what Hashem gives them and if we understood that then what's there to fight about whatever we need to have Hashem has given us there's no reason to be jealous or to desire what someone else has clearly that's not in our follicle and in fact there's the Megishtan Chumah that says a very similar similar thing. Says The, the, the Medrash says that there was a, a story with a certain Kayin who had as one of his responsibilities that if there was a person who thought he might be affected with a nega-type uh, infection, right? We know the, the plague of, of, of Negoyin that people would get sometimes for Lashnara, so only a Kayin can Paskin, whether or not he's pure or not. So when he, uh, he be- this coin became very, very poor and he wanted to go outside, he wanted to leave her, so make a Panas to somewhere else. So he called his wife and he said to her that because people usually come to me to have me inspect their Goyim, so it's difficult for me to leave them, to abandon them. They need me. So you come and I'll teach you that you can look at the Negoim and, and you can paskin, right? And he said that if you see that the hair of a person is, is, uh, is the hair has gone very brittle, very, very dry. So then you know that he has tzoras because every single hair, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created its own well, its own source of, of moisture in itself that it, it, uh, it, it drinks from it. And when that source dries up, that means the hair has dried up and he has saras. So his wife said to him, and what happens if every single hair if Hashem created for every single hair its own source of panasa by, it, by itself that it can drink from and be sustained, what about you? You're a human being, right? How many hairs do you have, right? And your children are being supported by you. Don't you think that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will organize for you also a, 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 a Mayan, a source of, of panasa? Therefore, he wouldn't let him go to to and, and 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 seek a fortune there. Hashem will look after you here here also. Now, Shaved Levi, who we know already from the time of their birth, right, is is uh, is already has this mida of of peace and and of unity. So they don't need the the they don't need the the lesson of. Of the hair, in order to to understand the need for for harmony, and therefore Moshe was commanded to cut their hair. However, Mrs. Kairach used that. a a tremendous privilege, in fact, that Levine were given, that they don't need her to learn the lesson of how to share and how to be considerate and how to think of other people. She turned that around and used it against Moshra Beinu. Because she said that Moshra Beinu's intention was to create dissension and fights. And therefore, that's why She claimed that's why Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to cut off their hair in order that there shouldn't be a standing lesson about peace in the world and and it would serve Moshe's interest, this is what she argued, to uh, to fester argument. On the other side, uh, the wife of On Ben-Peles, she uncovered her hair in order to teach all of Kairak's cohorts about this mida of shalom of peace from that we learn from the hair that that uh, uh, no hair touches another hair. Each one has their own hole, and therefore she aroused the mida of peace to the extent in order to to save her her husband that he shouldn't participate in Kairak's rebellion. The the Chasam in, in Parsh's told Toldos brings uh, that which is explained in, in a medrash in a medrash in Tehillim uh, on on the pasuk. The pasuk says, "Rabbas shok nafshi im shalom." That my, my my soul dwells with those who hate peace. So the medrash asks, "Is there a person who hates peace? How can that be?" Says Major, yes. This is referring to Asaf. Esav hates peace. And so it says, the Nasati Shalom Hashem says, I will place peace in the land. When is there going to be peace in the land? Bishpati The apostle carries on. Only when I get rid of all the wild animals, then there'll be peace. And when we talk about the wild animal, says, we're referring to the Chazir. Because the, the, in Talim, it says, The, the wild animal is the, the Chazer. And uh, who is the, the Chazer uh, an analogy to? It's referring to Esav, Esav HaRasha. So that when Esav HaRasha is around, Esav, who hates peace, then there can't be peace in the world. And the Chazam Saifa writes that I, I heard, he says, from my friend the the going uh Avram uh binga that esav the gematria of esav is shalom both of them actually equal 376 and he is therefore the antithesis he's the one that hates that hates peace and we could perhaps even say that Arasha, that his whole purpose is to fester and, and, and develop arguments and dissension therefore what is he called uh, Asa is called ish sair, the hairy person because he should have learned from the lesson of hairs that he should in fact be, be developing and, 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 and kind of championing peace Rather than the arguments that he tried to and he tried to uh, 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 develop. So let's therefore now try to understand what's the reason why, in fact, a nausea has to grow his hair on his head. Because what's the purpose of wine? Wine is, again, we use wine as a social drink. It's, a, it's meant to bring people together. As the Gemara, in fact, in Sanhedrin says that having wine together is, is very, very, very important. Shema It brings people together. And that's why the Gemara in in Psochem says that uh, uh, they they compare the concept of of marriage when two people get married, it's called in agefen, in agefen, the branches of, a, of the grapes of a vine together with the grapes of, of a vine. It's something beautiful, beautiful to to to, uh, to behold. So grapes is unity, bringing two things together and creating a harmonious union. However, the nausea who has now separated himself from wine. So, he can't use wine anymore as the agent of creating peace, of creating harmony, of creating unity with people. And therefore, he was commanded to grow his hair so that he should learn, from his hair at least, this midah of, of unity and, and of peace from the hair on, on, on his head. And if we go and... and, uh, and Take that a bit further. And we try to understand the concept of the death of David's son Avshalom, who was hung by, by his hair, as the Gemara says in, in Saita. In Saita Daf says, Avshalom Bisarai Moran. Uh, Avshalom rebelled with his hair. Shneyma brings a posuk by 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 him by him will be at the end of time. Asher Galach. we will shave his head. He covered the love. Uh, uh, his hair got too heavy. The Gilchov shakah He shaved himself and he weighed the hair of his head and it was Mosayim shkolem. It was it weighed two hundred shekel. The even Amelach, using the the king's the king's weights, and therefore he was hung by his hair, how do we know, it says, by Avshalom Reichev al Avshalom was riding on his mule, and the, 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 <clears throat> the mule passed under a, a, a huge big tree, and his hair got caught in the, in the tree, and he was hanging. But Ben Shemaim and Earth, between heaven and, and earth, and the mule uh, ran ran off, And he was just left uh, 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 hanging there. And he took his sword and he wanted to cut his hair and fall down to to the uh, to the to the ground uh, to to the ground. But at that time, so he saw says he saw Gehenim opening underneath him. And and the the mashah there explains that Avshalom saw that. The the ground underneath him, right, was was opening up and he understood that if, if he's gonna cut his hair, he's gonna fall into a, a uh, uh into that hole in, in the ground and certainly he's going to die. That's the major says. However, there's another major in Prik it says, How come he didn't uh, how come he didn't just draw a sword and cut off his head and emancipate himself? Because he says he saw Gehenna and he said to himself, Mortally, it's better that I should be hung by the hair of my head and that I shouldn't die in the fires of, of, of Gehenim. And the, the, uh, in, in the Sefer and Yankov, so it brings that Shalom felt that his sin was so serious and that he could never ever be able to cleanse himself and, and sort of uh, uh, avoid the punishment of Gehenim. And therefore, he agreed rather to be hung by his hair and to die that way in order that his death should be like a kaporah should be his atonement and he wouldn't need to go to, to Gehenna. In other words, Avshalom Right by by by, by uh, 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 knowingly did not cut off his hair in order that that should be an atonement for for his for Zaveras. and because of that Taisus says uh, his father David could have said about him right. That's why he said to him uh, uh, eight times B'nii Avshalom right said beneath ten times. And that was to try to save him from the seven levels of Gehenna. And the eighth time was to bring him into, into Gan Eden. Because we don't find that a, a, a father is able to benefit his son. Usually it's the way around. Usually it's the son who, who helps his father after his father is no longer alive to, to go to higher levels of heaven. How can it be? That David would be successful to bring his son out of Ganem and bring him all the way to Gan Eden. So Tossek explains the Ishleima because Avshalom, right, took his punishment in this world by he was killed with a very very strange and terrible uh, death, and that helped him that helped him that Philip's father helped him that that should then be sufficient punishment and he wouldn't need he wouldn't need again based on what we're saying we could say that Avshalom when he rebelled against his father so he unfortunately caused a tremendous dissension tremendous fighting amongst the Jewish nation and he never then therefore imbibed, he never learnt the understanding of what Midas shalom is from his hair, which the hair is there to teach us the concept of, of Shalom, And therefore he was punished that he was hung by, by, by his hair. We can go even even further and we can explain that which we find by Yosef, that uh, Yosef Sadik that uh, the Medrash brings, the Medrash khuma that when Yosef saw himself he began, when he saw himself sort of being successful in the house of Potiphar, he began to eat and drink and, and play with his hair. And they said, oh, uh, and he said, blessed be HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that allowed me to forget my father's house. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, your father's mourning on you, he's wearing a sack, he's wearing sackcloth and ashes, and you're eating and drinking and playing with your hair? So, I'm gonna sick Mrs. Potiphar on, on you. And what he means is that even that Chazal chose to, 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 uh, to kind of berate Yosef for his attitude and, and for playing with his hair and, and, and worrying about his own physical appearance. We could say that Yosef chose to, to play with his hair and make a big deal of his hair when he saw the argument that his brothers had with him. He wanted to be messchazak himself, he wanted to strengthen himself in the Midah of, of of Shalom. And 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 you can learn that, as we said, from from the hair, and that's why he began to to play with with his with his hair. Just a little bit of insight of what hair is meant. To, to teach us. We'll be back in a moment with more on the Hilchos Shabbos. This is 101.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul. Please stay with us. We'll be back
0: in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnerb only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9
1: Chai FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos, Shin, Pei So great to have you on board. Those who joined just now, thank you for making the time on pretty short erev Shabbos to come join us, to come learn a bit, to come spend a few minutes to be to be uh, inspired. If you just joined now, so we've been discussing hair before now. You need to go back and go on the website and listen to the first few segments because they were absolutely dynamite, if I may say so, my myself. But now we're into our Shiva Shabbos mode, and before we do that, as we always do at this point on the. Show just to give you the very, very important times you need to get started on the Shabbos. So, the earliest time for benching with for lighting your Shabbos candles this afternoon is at 4 21. 21 minutes past 4 is the very, very earliest. And on these nice, cold Shabbos, especially if you don't have lights at that time, then let's get Shabbos started as early as possible because you want to keep that food. Nice and hot for those, let's say we're having load shedding today from four to six. You gotta have your food all hot before four. So grab an opportunity if you're, certain, if you're not gonna be going to shul, get Shabbat started, light candles, down in your Kabbalah Shabbat after four twenty one, and then sit down to eat while you still have some hot, hot food on a, on a pretty cool, uh, evening. The latest time for benching lich today is at nine minutes past five, five oh nine is the latest time. Make sure you got everything organized by then. Make sure that everything that needs to be wrapped is wrapped. Everything that needs to be on the stove. If you have uh, gas, then have it that. Or if you are lucky enough to be having electricity, get everything all organized by, by that time. Shkia. Is at 527. that 527? That's really, as we say, your injury time, if God forbid, you really have an emergency and you can't be finished by 509. We give you till 527 in an emergency injury time type situation. Therefore, if you want to wait and David Mairov at night and not have to repeat the Krishma, all you have to do is wait till quarter to six. Quarter to six is already night. Certainly, midrabonon uh, uh, and you can say Kriishma and and get on with the evening. At least try to get home as quickly as possible, and still salvage some of the hot of the hot soup or whatever it is, and uh, and enjoy enjoy a beautiful, beautiful little Shabbos with your family, with your friends, with some good food, with some good music, with some great divrei Torah, and and things and things like that. And really, make it a wonderful evening tomorrow. Of course, is Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Kairach. We discussed before the whole argument between Kairach and and Moshe Moshe Rabbeinu. and the Haftarah is from the, from Shmuel, where uh, Shmuel also attests to his veracity as 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 a leader and and his reliability as as a as a, a leader. Shabbos carries on. We are already into the month of Tammuz. Uh, this week being the fourth Shabbos after, uh, Shavuos. We will, we'll be learning uh, the, uh, Perkiavus Perak 4. We'll be learning the fourth, the fourth perik Make some time. Get into it. Learn it. Understand what, what the Mishnah is talking about. Each one is so power packed with such great, great, uh, lessons. And Shabbos Kodesh ends this week at 6.02, it's already past 6 o'clock, 6.02 is the end of uh, of, of Shabbos, and we go into another beautiful, beautiful uh, week. Some of the kids are already going on holiday, etc. But, Baruch Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is great, great. As we are talking about the Havdalah and, and many of the issues uh, uh, around Havdalah. We started last week discussing some of the customs that apply to to havdallah we discussed whether or not uh, uh, uh some people have the custom to make havdallah while standing uh in order to uh, sort of honor the shabbos when it's leaving to, to stand up and uh it should it should uh it should be then clearly recognizable that we want to we want to uh, uh, fulfill the, the 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 honor of of the uh, of the uh, of, of the Shabbos, um, and but somehow however, uh, like to particularly to sit because when we sit that is more of a of 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 a of like everyone's in a fixed place. It's it's much 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 more, and then they can concentrate on what the person saying havdalah is, so that they can listen and, and fulfill their 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 obligation. Those who have the uh, custom to stand, as I said, do it in order to honor Shabbos when they when they're uh, when they're when they're leaving, and in order that they are. It should be clearly recognizable that all of them. Have intention to fulfill the mitzvah of Avdallah by 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 listening. Now, the, the and therefore the people listening, if they're standing, need to gather around, be near the person making Avdallah so that they can concentrate and and look like they they're clued in to what's to what's going on. Truth is, a b'di'avad, even if someone is standing at a bit of distance, if he intended. To hear the Havdalah, then he fulfills his his obli- uh, his obligation, like by any uh, 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 mitzvah that said over a over a case, That as long as you have intention to fulfill, you do fulfill your obligation. Some are uh, 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 not some. No, uh, uh, it, it's important to be to be careful that the cup we use for Havdalah should be cleaned before it's used, both outside. And inside, and uh, we uh, make an effort to use a, a respectable cup, nice cup, maybe the same Kiddish cup you use for Kiddish Friday night, we use five dollar half dollar also. And obviously the, the, the cup has to be big enough to contain what we call a reverse a quarter of a lug of wine, which we say is at least. Uh, 85 to 90 uh, milliliters. We discussed that uh, uh, before. According to the it might be as much as 150 uh, milliliters. And if the cup you want to use for dollar is bigger than that, then still, even though it's bigger than the amount you need, still, is the mitzvah to fill it up totally to the very top with with uh, with wine, because. That is a way of showing distinction and honor for the bracha to use a full a full cup, and even though that when we when we do other mitzvahs over a cup of wine, let's say by by kiddish or by a a wedding, so there we fill the cup up to it's like very very top where you can even have this little uh, uh, kind of arc. Over the top of the cup, in order that uh, we don't want to do too much because we don't want the the wine to spill. But the cup of havdalah, the minig is to pour a little bit more than 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 full until it slightly overflows its its borders, in order that a little bit of wine should spill, because that is a is an a an indication of a bracha. One says that any house. Where wine is not spilt like water. So that's that, that's an unfortunate thing. We want to, we want to have plenty of bracha in our, in our, uh, in our house. And, uh, if you want to know more about the laws of the, of the cup that you're going to use for, for Avdallah. So go back to, uh, to our previous recordings where we talk about the cup that needs to be used for Kiddush. And this is, this is quite, uh, uh, quite similar. Now, certainly, uh, L'chadkhila, it's best that the person making the avdalah drink the entire revius of wine the entire 85 let's say mil or or 150 of the chaznish that are in the cup in order that he's now drunk a whole revius of wine, and therefore he's able afterwards to say the special bracha of alagefen bel priyagofen, that that uh, that's a, that's a special special privilege to to make. However, as far as the actual mitzvah of the Abdallah, it would be sufficient for him to drink just slightly more than half of that amount. What an alach is called meloy lugma of a a cheek. A cheekful. In other words, the, if you took, uh, if you filled your mouth with wine and moved it to one side, so to, to the point where one side uh, kind of bulges out, how much wine would that be? So we say that is approximately just that little bit more than, than a, uh, a, uh, a a a a right? If you didn't drink that much, it could be could be problematic. Now, the people listening to the havdalah need to be quiet until the person making havdalah finishes to drink that that uh, 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 because since the mitzvah of havdalah is to say it over a cup of wine only after the person making havdalah finishes drinking his that's when the havdalah, that's when the havdalah, uh, uh ends if the person listening spoke before the person making Havdalah began to drink from the cup, you still fulfill the mitzvah of Havdalah. We're going to come back with some final comments in a moment. This is 101.9 High FM, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in
0: all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM.
1: FM, soul to soul. back on your radio air Kodesh, Kodesh, Puff, Tuff, Shim, As we come to our last few minutes of time together before we go running off into the late afternoon sun to do our last minute preparations for for uh, uh, for for Shabbos. So we're talking about havdalah, and the obvious question is, what can you use to make havdalah? So there is no question that the best Thing to use for havdalah is to use wine, because that is the most distinct, distinguished, and honorable drink, and that is what a person should use to make to make havdalah, right? Because the the Gemara says that what the special properties of wine are: number one, it does sustain a person. It has sustenance values, and it also makes a person happy. We know wine wine uh, makes a person feel feel good. And when we are using the wine, not just for stam, an act of happiness, but to draw us into a state of happiness over doing a mitzvah, so that is a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous a uh, uh, privilege, because it it really then reveals and opens up and exposes our beautiful, 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 premiums, our beautiful insides, which is so good and which is so perfect inside every single every single Jew. And the Chacham say in 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 that if someone makes a Havdalah over wine, on might say Shabbos. So it says, He merits to have to have children. And, uh, people have often quoted that name of uh, Chaim Kanievsky that he told people to uh, uh, to have wine if they want to have children. <laughs> he didn't make it up. It's it's a it's a Pashuta Gemara in in Bar-Matzia that that, in that says that says that. However, if there's no wine available, it's possible to make Abdullah over what's called Hamar Medina, wine of that particular uh, locale. And that is a, a drink that is considered important and distinguished in that particular place, which we would drink in that place, not as, as a thirst quencher, but in the same way as we drink wine, right, uh, 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 you know, at, at, at important occasions when you're together with people that you really value, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, so to Hamam Adina has to be that type of creed of of of, uh, of of drink. For example, in many countries they, they, they use a, a beer or white beer. And in those places, since the 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 beer is very, very khoshav for them, therefore they, they 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 use it. Okay, we're gonna have to continue this discussion. Please God, next week in the Shia we'll talk a little bit more about the concept of Chabam and Dina. But in the meantime it's time for me to get on my buck and white stallion and go riding off. And therefore, I'm just going to take the opportunity to, first of all, thank all of our radio family for putting on their devices, their phone, wherever you are and whatever you're doing to listen to our our Torah today. And I just want to wish each and every one of you the most beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. It's going to be a bit of a challenging Shabbos because we have so, so little light or so many times we don't have light. But, of course, we have to replace that. This day is full of light and our simcha and our joy and our coming together as a family and as friends will add so much uh, a, a beautiful, beautiful illumination so much sparkle to, to, to our Shabbos So I'll just end by wishing every single one of our radio family a beautiful, warm, inspired and cocooned good Shabbos to one and to, and to all